2: Welcome to the My All Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of com, and your host for a show that takes in Villa's first game back after the international break. Joining me to discuss that and much, much more, Mr. Phil Shaw and Mr. Chris Bird. Welcome back. How are you, gentlemen? Hello, hello. Oh, hello. hello. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, hello, hello.
0: I'm very well. <laughs> very
3: well.
2: How, how was your international break?
0: Blissfully quiet and football-free. Great, I barely paid any attention to England.
2: What Are you Scottish, Chris But This is what I want to <laughs> find out. Because he, he keeps mentioning this as if it's a badge of honour. <laughs> are you Welsh, Scottish, Irish? No, what I'm is definitely
0: it? English. I just like the, uh, I, I enjoy the not having to bother watching England. Strange. I'll just watch uh, the US Open tennis instead. Hurrah.
2: Phil Shaw, do you have any interest in our uh, tennis exploits?
3: Yes, yeah, of course. It was a great watch. Box office, enjoy- wasn't it? Yeah, enjoyed every minute of it. I mean, it's unprecedented, isn't it? A qualifier
2: to blitz all the way through without losing Set when you saw the previous results, you just thought, unless uh Fernandez can uh stop the momentum, she's going to have a tough night, and her only chance is really to take uh Radicano into deep waters. Which uh, I think the opening few games set the tone of what was going to happen because uh, it looked like Radicano was just going to breeze through, but she fought back and that made it a decent final. I thought
0: it was good. She's a fighter, isn't she, Fernandez? To be fair,
2: her sister's a, her little sister's a <laughs> fighter, <laughs> did some, you? Yes. <laughs> She's a brawler. <laughs> She'll be. Sh- I bet she shanked about twenty-five people in the crowd. So <laughs> she was bang up for it when she <laughs> it like limbs at like Flushing meadows, but one person limbs <laughs> <laughs> clenched fists. She was. She was fantastic. Really, little little gangster there. Brilliant. Yeah.
0: But yeah you know, that was the thing when you can have your family there. As you know, Radikano's unfortunately couldn't fly over. Yeah, she just kept her cool and calm rather than having a sister like
2: blow her head. But that's the kind of passion, passion you want uh, in those moments. But yeah, that that I mean that was that's a good thing about any you know sporting event. You've got these little extra things, and she
3: certainly delivered. And also, Larry David was in the crowd as well. Bet the guy in front ruined it for him. <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind of thing would happen to him. Yeah. No, if it was like a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode, sort I'd of better get into some sort of drama with the guy in front or something like that. <laughs> I
2: disappeared off to uh, Holland because uh, you're allowed to go there if you've got family to visit. So I took advantage of that loophole to uh, see some family I hadn't seen for a while. So that was a uh, good trip. Glorious weather as well. Uh, the only thing that dampened it was uh, the start of the NFL season because... Uh, uh, yes. The New York Jets uh, are up again to humiliate uh, their supporters once more, and they found another way of doing it, actually. That last season, absolutely terrible. Anybody who follows NFL will know that they, were, they hadn't won a game. Uh, I think there were like two games left, and they were in the prime pole position to get the, uh, the, the top draft pick. But only when winning meant losing. This is this is one Jets fan I read this. It was bang on. Only when winning meant losing did they win, and they <laughs> won the last two won the last two games and lost the first draft pick. I mean, only the Jets would, could do that. So the discarded Sam Darnold, who uh, was the quarterback for the disastrous uh, season last season, went to the Caroline Panthers. First game this season. Caroline Panthers. Sam Darnall starts and uh, manages to lead them to a comfortable win against the Jets. I mean, I don't... but There's not much hope for this season already. I'm I'm already looking forward to 2000 and... uh, Well, I was going to say 2022 but let's make it 2023 just in case. We are looking ahead. Yeah, Right, uh, on the show, uh, as we start off with the Villa News uh, before getting into the three points. uh, A mixture of serious and... uh, the bazaar before getting into what went down at Stamford Bridge. Uh, you can tell the, the, uh, who knows their football or not judging by the uh, social media reaction on this particular game that's all i'm going to say about that so still the uh underrated or overrated is still in hiatus we will uh conjure up some kind of end game uh for episodes uh but we'll just stick to the actual game this time because it has been a while since uh the main show has surfaced because Villa have had a two week break. But uh, so let's start off with some news. Do you want to talk about uh, mns may have to close some French stores due to supply chain delays caused by Brexit or the Villa news? It's wholeheartedly the Villa news this week, I think, David. It's uh, a long way back, the old transfer window, but we saw uh, the loan of Conor Horahan to Sheffield United, which is uh, his existing, what's left of his existing contract with Villa, pretty much uh, done and dusted. So adios to him. Vital uh, in our championship years, I, I would. my summation of him would be?
0: A good servant,
3: a good pro. Wish him all the best, but just yeah. not quite he's just not the future, is he? No, he did help a bit on Project Restart though, those oh, yeah. few assists then there, so oh, he's yeah, got plenty, yeah. plenty yeah. of credit
0: in the bank. While Joe went missing, he uh, he stepped up, didn't he? Him and Trez?
2: Yeah, and uh you know, I, I would still happily have him in uh, this squad at the moment, So, so to be honest. Freddie Gilbert also uh, went back to uh Strasbourg I, I, it was one of the i think it was a flip of a coin job there because you thought right a villa a villa gonna say right let's uh let's go full strength squad this time because i think there was room to call him in in you know is it 25 that they've, they've got to yeah. pick yeah I'd, I'd have kept him so uh that's obviously a player that uh wants to play regularly but also uh i don't know i don't know if the future's really there so uh Potentially his last, we've seen, well, he, he actually scored, didn't he, in
3: his uh, yeah, last game for Villa? Right, so, so will that be his uh, last game? Gilbert will be playing against Jerome Boateng, cause I can just see there, Boateng's just came on as a sub for Leon, despite being found guilty of beating his girlfriend and spitting blood in her face. What a lovely guy. Yeah.
2: Maybe uh, Gilbert
3: can avenge her.
2: Right. Uh, the main uh, news, I would say, is the uh, Andelect assistant manager, Aaron Danks, uh, joining Villa as the first team coach, essentially uh, taking over from Terry and uh, Richard O'Kelly. He was previously serving under Vincent Company, who is the uh, the Anderlecht manager.
0: Yeah, and he obviously he came through the England sort of age group systems, which is probably why he's possibly brought him in as well. Yeah. To deal with some of the younger players and help transition them into first team football, and he seems to be a, one of the you know one of these modern experts on analytics, which seems to be the way Villa are definitely going that way. Everyone else is as well.
2: Yeah, I mean uh, you know Brentford were kind of bleeding that uh, that side, so Smiths always had his toes uh, dipped yeah. in there. His key attribute is he's seen as an attacking coach, so we'll we'll see. Didn't do much against Chelsea, did he? Uh, we'll <laughs> clean sheet if I remember <laughs> rightly,
0: wasn't it? <laughs> Yes, and nothing from a set piece. Thanks for that, specialists.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, we'll talk about that later on, shall we? Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Morgan Sanson is uh, looks like he's on the fringes. So we we all will see if he is man or myth uh, soon enough. I I would imagine he played in uh, the EFL Trophy game against Wickham and uh, was on the bench against Chelsea. We've already covered the Buendia. Martinez uh, fiasco that happened on their international duty just listen to uh, something for the weekend uh, for that meanwhile uh, the Villa women uh, start their campaign they were top uh, well they did play early against West Ham where they got a uh, last minute draw having won their first game against Leicester so uh, a decent start for them uh, major reshuffles there in coach and personnel so uh, we'll keep tabs on uh, how their season pans out uh, over the next few weeks and uh, months to come right now it's time for media muppets
3: So, Mr. Shaw, what's in the medium it trough this week? Well, I have a confession to make. This this one really got me. It hooked me. I I couldn't click it fast enough. Uh, it was <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, Richard Kuzak in the Birmingham Mail because he goes after the game against Chelsea. Leon Bailey and Rudiger traded words online. So I, I do like a bit. Yeah, that
2: that was that was the headline, wasn't it? Ding
0: Leon dong. Yeah.
3: Leon Bailey and Rudiger trade words online. It was. So I couldn't click it fast enough. And then I get down there and I'm looking, what words would they say? Another thing they said was Chelsea star responds to Aston Villa player with blunt three word message. So I'm, I'm still looking for this and, you know, getting through the ads, trying to find these three words. and think maybe they'll have to be like blocked out.
2: Getting through the ads. That must have taken you a while. Actually.
3: <laughs> yeah. And I finally get to it. And the three words said, Berüdiger. you ready? It was nice one, brother. That was it. nice one, brother with a smiley emoji. Cutting. Wow. Blunt.
2: Uh, yeah, I think uh, they're, they're going to learn a new definition of what blunt means. For, for example, a word that rhymes with blunt that begins with C. There, there's yeah. there's an example of a word that could potentially be called blunt. That, that's what I was expecting. That was the juicy stuff. I couldn't <laughs> wait to get to that.
0: I'm surprised, I'm I'm surprised there was only one article made out of it. You'll never believe what
2: Leon Bailey said to. <laughs> da, 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 da. There's about three articles to get out of this, isn't there? I mean, as I said, I've been away way of disengaged with uh, whatever hubbub was going on but i did you know i did see uh some kerfuffle about uh greelish and uh some interview but i just you know i didn't even look at it but i just i knew that it would just be token answers to questions that are, what else is he meant to say kind of thing that the media would pick up on and then try to uh stoke some engagement by uh and hey ho you know i I, I, just, I saw the tweet from uh ashley priest from the birmingham mail saying uh I was asked to write this and that's basically translates to I was told to write this. And it's a, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I eventually read it when I got back, and it's one of those which uh, where the editor tells somebody to do a hatchet job on on people. I mean, I've, you know, I've seen in my profession before uh, one of my friends, colleagues uh, saying, "Oh, you know, the the Independent told me to do a hatchet job on in that case." It was I think it was Woody Allen, and you know, he turned it down, and then a couple of days later, you see another journalist with a less of a moral fibre, less of a backbone, uh, trot it out. And uh, you know, read this one, and and the you know the major quotes were were quote marks for, for actually written by the writer. I couldn't wait to get out. Was the vibe I got from Grealish's interview, or uh, Grealish Mayor's? Well, have tweeted my city, my club, my release clause. These aren't actual cutting things that Grealish said. It's what you know how how he's been framed. This isn't exactly you know what uh, Grealish has been. Uh, saying it's it's just how it's framed just to uh stoke the fires of the readers just to get engagement and and,
0: stoke it did
2: to get them spitting vitriol so i missed out on all that uh bullshit but uh yeah you do once you take a break you you do realize that it is just a load of bollocks and uh who gives a fuck he's not you know he's not a villa player anymore and uh you know newsflash he's not going to go around bad-mouthing villa and shitting on villa because, you know, he is a, is a proper fan. He doesn't just suddenly turn. Grealish said it himself, you know, the, you don't really understand the, the football world, the real football world out there. And uh, I think what he's referring to there is, uh, you know, the levels that he needs to be at and, you know, that his management will push him out. He needs to be playing Champions League and, you know, for endorsements and all this kind of shit. And it is, uh, you know, it's a career path and uh we all know the situations and we were talking about ideology if he stays and uh it would be a gamble for him to stay because you're really trusting in this the kind of plan but we don't even know if, if it really is uh going to be successful do we it's uh we're taking a, a jump into the dark but yeah no it's all a bit it's very petty just let him you know get on with his life uh he's of no concern to us right uh time for the three points uh I had a meeting uh, with the West Midlands police, uh, this football... Was it the independent advisory group that I'm on, and I think I mentioned this on the podcast or at least in Match club uh, that when I asked the West Midlands police about what's happening with these vaccine passports and you know, it's a good few weeks ago, they said don't think they're going to happen. and here we are. the health secretary uh, Sajid uh, Javid uh, said that uh, England vaccine passports had been ditched, so uh, clubs, football stadiums uh, etc won't be required for them. I was in Holland. As I've said, and uh, it seemed a bit more relaxed there. You, you know, you only near to wear a mask on public transport; nobody wore them anywhere else, uh, pretty much. In this case, I mean, you want to go to a football match knowing that uh, there's a good chance that you won't catch COVID. I think because you, you know you have concerns about your health.
0: Well, you, want, you just want to be as safe as you can be, and know that you know every measure's been taken. And I mean, I have no problem being in the ground, but it's like as long as we're all you know, we know we're safe to be here, then. Great, let's go.
2: I understand the argument be- behind, uh, you know, people who don't want to get vaccinated and, and feel that they shouldn't be, uh, you know having to flip passports for the most basic of things yeah, you know no, I our freedoms and i completely get that if i if it was a guarantee that people weren't stupid and selfish then i wouldn't have a problem and i would say yeah we don't need these passports but the problem is there's a lot of stupid and selfish people out there so that is my problem what is the guarantee against them that is my only real concern in this situation hopefully uh Things won't get worse, and uh, this will be in our rear view mirror soon. Although, cricket's cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> it's, what uh, a fucking it's, uh...
0: shambles that was and we thought football was just about money Jesus Christ did the ECB get bent over a barrel by
2: the IPL Oh, he's off on one <laughs> but no <laughs> <laughs> but you know Villa players missing games it's it's still very much uh, a going concern is the old COVID so uh, let's see what happens uh, point number two well, speaking of COVID again Argentina and Brazil game that was uh, Villa obviously featured in the ramifications of that being called off uh, after five minutes uh, it wasn't the only game to be postponed during the international break, was it,
3: Mr Shaw? No, it wasn't. Um, Morocco had a World Cup qualifier against Guinea called off uh, for a bit of more of a serious reason. There was a coup d'etat in the country, just as uh, they were waiting for the match to kick off. Before the postponement was announced, the Morocco coach, um, Vahid Haladazic, told uh, L'Equipe that they're at the hotel, they could hear gunshots outside, and they were waiting for permission to go to the airport. But the problem was the airport was um, between 45 minutes to an hour away. So, you know, stick like something out of a film, where they're going to have to make a dash for the airport or a dash for the border, whichever one's closer, to get out of there. And the coup was actually successful. So at the minute, uh, Guinea's in a state of sort of flux. Um, the, the military are in charge, and uh, yeah, it's, it's all kicking off over there. Seems to be a
2: good time to have a, have a coup, because it seems to be a uh, good... Uh Possibility of success at this moment. Uh, it seems, uh, you know, yeah. if you take the recent news. Uh, point number three: uh, When uh, you know when it gets down to transfer deadline day, there's always. I mean, Villa don't bother on transfer deadline day now. So uh, this has been a case for a while now in terms of big in so I, I never really get involved in it but people are still suckered refreshing twitter all the time uh they kind of haven't learned the way we do things but uh meanwhile in the rest of the world uh, some transfers are touch and go and decided on fine margins and uh can you imagine if this happened to villa the the oh, outrage the outrage the <laughs> meltdown on twitter uh that lazio fans faced Tell me more about this, Mr Budd.
0: Well, Lazio were due to sign a lad called Philip Kostic from Eintracht Frankfurt, only for them to learn that their official transfer had actually gone to the wrong email address, having spelt Frankfurt without a K on the email, you know, thus sending that offer to the wrong person.
2: So they're just sitting there wondering why nobody's replied to them.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's about a schoolboy's entering a country with an international team without knowing if you need to quarantine or not. Um, yeah.
1: ooh... Hmm.
0: But then Frankfurt came back saying they they sort of were dismissing suggestions that they gave Lazio a fake email address. How you do that? Surely you you can't be that stupid to
2: fall for that. So the agenda is that Frankfurt basically wanted to keep him, so they gave him the wrong uh, email address. Yeah, the
0: the, the word from Italy was that Frankfurt deliberately provided Lazio with the wrong email address. Why is it transfers at, you know, frankfurt.com? It's like off it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> at, at Gmail, yeah, I, th- I think this is yeah, them just at trying to. <laughs> dot com. This is them uh, at Hotmail dot com. This is just them covering up their boo boo, isn't it? Transfers for U
0: underscore Frankfurt. <laughs> At CompuServe or one of these really crappy old ones.
2: Right. Anyway, that's uh, the three points. Before we uh, get started in earnest, uh, I just want to give a shout out uh, to supporters of the show Free Trade, which is, as if you've been listening to the show, and uh, of course, a few of you have signed up already, a commission-free trading app that makes it easy for you to buy shares. No commission needed. And helps you buy shares and build your portfolio to hopefully grow your personal wealth uh, in the long term. Remember, as with all investments, your capital is at risk and the value of your portfolio may go down as well as up, and you may get back less than what you invest. Uh, The good news is, though, uh, all listeners. When they uh, sign up uh, and download the app and fund it, get a free share to the value of uh, £3 to £200. So uh, go to the link free trade dot.io/slash-moms-m-o-m-s M-O-M-S, to download the app and get the details there. Thank you very much.
1: Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Right, let's talk about this Chelsea game, shall we? We shall, yes.
1: This is a game where I wasn't
2: fully invested in this because of that Martinez and Buendia situation. That just uh, left me half empty going into this game. But at the same time... Feeling reasonably bullish, I, I, I'm not. I'm not giving away three points here. I'm, I'm going there thinking, oh, we have got Bailey. Oh, he was on the bench. <laughs> mm. we, we've got uh, Ollie Watkins back. Uh, and we Trorys took four points for, off him of last year, didn't we? Indeed. And you're thinking, yeah, you know, we, we, you know, we got a chance. Why not? We've got to keep them away from Jed Steer and uh, see what happens. I wasn't surprised by the. Uh, I don't know how you want to frame it. If you want to go five, three, two, or three. 5-2 or three four three, but the, the idea of playing three centre-backs is something that we entertained as soon as we heard that uh, we'd signed uh, Danny Ings because that's one way that you can play two up top is to play win- wing-backs. Uh, mm-hmm. It seemed to be a logical uh, method to the madness of playing two up front. So you just think if you can get if Ings and Watkins see enough of the, the ball here, uh, you know, there's a chance for a bit of uh, purchase here. And yeah. it had legs, didn't it, to be fair, in the first half? The only thing missing from that that system, I think, is just Martinez in goal, really. Mm-hmm. And Dia can come in, and you know that's that's an alternate. But I think if you got Martinez in there, that system I think will work uh, reasonably well. I think as Smith said uh, in his post match, uh, previously played uh, Chelsea, I think in the two one win with two deep sitters. So uh, the idea that Tuchel was perhaps expecting more of the same, especially because uh, Villa were, were away from home, but yeah, uh, matched them. So instead, he matched them. And had winked his uh, opposite number, and uh, we were all over him uh, in the in the early parts. I thought
0: we were. They had that new signing, didn't they? Saul was it? Saul. I think how you how you pronounce it. In the, is it sort of in the number six position, as Kante was out for them, and we we piled on top of him. You know, the the midfield three of Louise McGinn and Ramsey. Um, they all played really well in that first half. McGinn was like a, a dog on heat when he was just everywhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I thought I was impressed with Ramsey and Louise. I thought their their passing was good, their ball carrying was good. They were positive as well. Watkins's work rate, you saw straight away that we'd missed it. And the wingbacks actually got more involved than I thought they would. I had a feeling if we played a back three with wingbacks that they might get pinned, in a pin back.
2: Yeah, Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm here trying to trying to think of how I re-enter this conversation, making a reference to uh, John McGinn's lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, referring to the dog on heat uh, <laughs> metaphor, but uh, a few stray passes from again. I mean, just just let's just levitate on. Yeah, uh, we've, we've mentioned a, little a few bit. times, haven't we? So so much good stuff. He's robbing them blind and in their own half. You know, really high up as well, which is very useful to uh, kind of uh, get a turnover and get the ball. But uh, some, just his final ball just sometimes just let him down. It's just that little. It's these small
0: percentages, isn't it, that will get him. Up another level as a player because he's got so much going for him. And He looks leaner and you know he looks a lot fitter, doesn't he, this season? And he said himself he is. He's getting around yeah. the pitch better, and as you said, he's very, very aggressive in his pressing and sort of harrying and stuff. But then when he gets the ball, you think, oh, just just get the pace of your uh, you know the pace of your pass right.
2: Because some of them just went straight off, didn't they? You know, he's, yeah. There was a cross yeah. that just went. He normally, has one a off. game. Yeah, 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 yeah. A bit like it- Mings. <laughs> Mings his mistakes, but McGinn, seems, <laughs> but
3: McGinn seems to be on set piece duty now, so he was taking a lot of the, the free kicks that were won sort of just you know, midway inside the other yeah, side.
2: Yep. Yeah, I don't know if it's a little bit of composure because he is, uh, you know, it's kind of quite manic in his approach, yeah. which, which is great, aggressive and manic, and uh, that's what's uh, massive pluses in the, in the positive column because you just uh, want that calmness, don't you, on the ball? Yeah. We needed something like that uh, in terms of having more of a presence in the centre, but uh, he's got it in him. I mean, he, he, he's Absolutely. a great passer at the ball, and uh, it was just, yeah, it just takes away from uh, being, like, as you said, that next level of midfielder, which uh, if we get it, you know, if he gets to that next level, then it uh, becomes an absolute bargain, even more yeah, so. and and helps us big time.
0: But yeah, that that midfield three worked well. I, I thought we did
2: well. We made we caused them a lot of problems as well. You know, the, the plan was working. Bar obviously conceding. Ramsey was having actual in- impact on the game. Uh, I mean, yeah. we've not not really in a patronising fashion, but when we've mentioned him and we've reasoned and rationalised his inclusion, it's you know it's normally to give us a bit of legs and, and energy in the midfield. But this time, uh, he's actually got a bit of composure and uh, looks very comfortable.
0: Yeah. yeah, and he and he, took, he took the game to them, didn't he? There was a couple of times where he actually carried the ball right at
3: the defence. Yeah, and he doesn't. Uh, he seems to shoot at the right time. Now he could have put a bit more strength behind it. The the shot he did have it went straight at Mendy. But you know he he delayed it and waited until there was a gap and hit it. I think I don't think Chelsea thought he, he had it in him to shoot. But if he carries on, again, it'll it'll come.
2: Yeah, the two things I liked about it was uh, when when he threads uh, Watkins in on goal he actually he, he, he continued his run and probably the best option there that this is when Watkins shot low to uh you know Mendez uh bottom corner and the keeper did a good job of saving that but actually probably the best bet was to lay it play it back to uh, Ramsey because he was deep into that 18 yard box fairly central and uh, maybe a, a better bet to uh score from his position anyway and he, and he was you know he's a bit pissed off that he didn't get that ball back and then uh, when he just Pulled that Chelsea player back and tossed him like a rag doll. Like, took one for the team, but it just shows you that he's playing without fear. He's he's, he's happy to uh, be pissed off at Watkins not giving him a ball back, and also uh, not afraid to uh, give a Chelsea uh, player a tug back. He's playing like a man.
0: It's just nice to see that a <laughs> bit of aggression. Same with Louise. Yeah, Louise had a little bit of aggression, a bit of snap in his play, and his passing was neat. But then ultimately, you know, you've, we, we made what probably three, probably three big chances at least. We just didn't take them, and Lukaku did. And and ultimately, that's that's this is the difference, isn't
2: it? I mean, Ramsey was pulled off after about fifty-five minutes, uh, but you know, hundred percent pass completion. Louise came off with about ten to go, and he was ninety-three point six pass completion. So, as you say, you know that backs up what you're saying about them being tidy. Mm -hmm. The first goal. That was. I had a look at this, and Konza's out of position. He 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 gets caught out of position, and people are saying Tu and be this, Tu and that. But Konza is right up the field. He's in. He's in their half, and he gets caught. And yeah. so that puts uh, Tu and under a lot of pressure. And uh, you know, you're not talking about any average uh, centre forward. This is, you know, pay power. And I think because uh, Tuanzebi knows, you know, it's all on him. I think he overcompensates with his uh, slide in there. You know, he
3: potentially could have stood yeah. up. Yeah, but r- Konza, Konza should be alongside him. Yeah, it's really all he could do when he was isolated one-on-one with Lukaku was to sort of hold him up until he got a bit of support because Lukaku can finish in either foot. So while Tuanzebe shouldn't have dived in as much, if he stood still and stood up straight, uh, Lukaku's just going to pull it across there with a the left foot instead of taking yeah. it out to the right. So, I mean, he when he gets the ball in the box, you know, when there's only one defender in front of him, it's, you know, nine times out of ten it's going in and that's why he's worth that money. I mean, I
0: mean, Villa have sort of, you know, they've drifted a little bit, but actually the, the construction of the goal from back to front for Chelsea, I think is really good as well. You have to give them credit. It's a brilliant pass through. And then when Lukaku gets into the position, I actually think he's really composed and it's a great finish. You know, sometimes you just have to go, all right, fair enough. It's not ideal from Villa, but it's, and physically, of course, you, you're not like, you're not just going to sort of run him out of play.
2: Like no, sm- you, smaller.
0: You, you're going to have to just stand up and take one in the face, probably.
2: The way Kovacic, I mean, he took two of our midfielders out with some slick movement and a great ball through. But, you know, as I said, Konza was, uh, he was just caught flat-footed there because the speed of movement uh, by the Chelsea player, I don't think he expected a through ball that quick from, you know, from his starting position. Mm-hmm. So, it you know, it is what it is. We got we got sucker punch. You, you can't really uh, dwell on it too much. And Villa didn't. They reacted brilliantly, I thought, yeah. to the goal. Heads didn't go down. And uh, we were all over them. And, you know, the best player in that first half was probably Mende in terms of performance-wise because he uh, kept Chelsea uh, ahead and got a bit of fortune here and there. Certain balls, you know, when Mings had that chance, good save, but instead of dropping to Conza, who hit it into the ground before Mende... Made a, another good save from that. Uh, you know, if that dropped to a, an Ings or a Watkins, it might have been a different story. So Chelsea rode their look a bit. I mean, Thiago Silva made a good block. I don't
3: know if uh, Watkins could have done better there. Yeah, it was a really good block. I mean, you could see a, a more inexperienced defender, you know, throwing his arms ever. Silva went out, both arms sort of like behind his back and, you know, chested away. It was just, it was class defending there. Nothing yeah, really could what- do.
0: Yeah, Watkins goes around the keeper, doesn't he? And he sort of fluffs his shot. He's kind of stretching for it a little bit. He almost would have been probably better taking it first time. Yeah, the goalie, you know, on rushed him, and then obviously there's the con's a chance which you know, as well as the Mings one and then followed shortly after by the Consul and they're, they're good chances.
2: Yeah, and you got an insight in that first half uh, why Chelsea don't concede many goals. I mean, yeah. I mean, they had so many clean sheets on the way to winning the Champions League for starters and when you've got a defence like that and a keeper like that, you've got a legit chance in the uh, Premier League uh, title race.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think they have this year. I think they're going to be. It's going probably between them and City.
2: Well, you know, there's still you know, Liverpool. I think are, are still game, and uh, we'll see. Ha- we'll see how the United Road Show rolls on uh, if, if it can sustain its uh, glitz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but of course, you know, essentially, you know
0: getting back to the villain you, know, you, you go in one nil down, but you think we're banging the game here. Now you don't necessarily think we're going to sustain the levels we have in the first half because you do think with Chelsea's bench, they're going to be able to change it here. It's not quite working. They hooked. Saul at half time, didn't they? For um, Jorginho, who kind of shored them up and made them more solid, but then of course, Ming's the Ming's brain fart and you're sort of 2 0 down. Yeah,
2: I was just about to say, you're thinking, Yeah, we're only 1 0 down and we're doing well, but when is the Ming's um, uh, mistake coming? (laughs) And it probably came, you know, by his own admission, it came at probably the worst time, uh, yeah, it could have have happened. You're sort of thinking, Just get you know, get
0: through those first sort of five ten minutes, get grow back into the game in the second half, and, and then have and sort of. And then have a go, and you've, you've killed the game really with a second goal. It's, you know, it's yeah. Smith has said as much. You know, you know, you ain't going to Stamford Bridge and coming back from two 0 down.
2: Two thoughts here. One, the first one would be uh, Villa. You, you do make mistakes when you play out the back, but that's when you're just adopting that kind of let's say ethos but i think this villa backline is established now and mm-hmm. you can't really uh pull that excuse for them as it, as in they're learning on the job my, my second observation and you know address both of these at the same time uh, is martinez plays a little higher up than steer i thought steer was quite deep so there's there's an argument that Martinez might have got to that. It's just that little bit of sharpness that it gives you as
0: well of just gambling. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to have to throw myself yeah. at the ball here and maybe take one for the team.
2: Because Martinez does play a bit, f- you know, further forward, and he's he's very quick off his line in terms of his position. In yeah, he, you know, he, he has got a good sense. So there's an argument that uh, I mean, I, I saw a goalkeeper there that was a number two throughout that whole game. There, there was yeah. just something casual about, you know, his dive on the third one. You know, I'm not saying you know he had I wouldn't any say right. necessarily
0: casual david I think it's definitely that he's just not at the the tempo and the level we're at at the moment on the third goal yeah
2: his starting position could have been a bit closer to that that the the shot but I'm I'm not you know I'm not uh, in any way uh, blaming him for any any of those three goals but I I'm thinking that Martinez might have had a chance in all three of those
3: situations yeah and you have to wonder as well would Martinez be would he be shouting you know would he be keeping the the defense more honest? Would he be more vocal than Steer was? Because I didn't see Steer, you know, shouting as much as Martin Martinez does. What he, he, you know, he have said that you know what he has said. The Mings like make sure man on, you know, just simple commands. I mean Steer looked very. It looked to take sort of Steer by shock. The pass was coming back to him. It was under hit, but it, it he didn't look ready for it. Yeah, I mean,
2: you know, we're not uh, uh, absolving Mings's responsibility there. We're just saying, you know, there's there's other sides to the to the coin here.
0: It's just poor, to be honest, I not it? Let's be honest. It's just a really bad passage of play. You've just gifted a, you know, the European champions a goal.
2: Yeah. And you, you pretty much smothered them uh, since they'd scored. So uh, yeah. you just let them off the hook, essentially.
0: And then yeah. from that point, you know, it's very easy for them to play at their own tempo. And we, we couldn't really grow into the game as much then, even though we had we still had more set pieces and huffed and puffed a bit. But we were just never... Chelsea were very comfortable there.
3: Yeah, they just went. They just, they just shut up shop. They just went under cruise control. That was that over. As a yep. game, especially with Jorginho then being on the pitch, that's that's his kind of game.
0: And you know that if Villa open up at any point, they're going to get picked off.
2: I mean, on the on the third goal, targets too far up the pitch, and Mings has to come across essentially to uh, fill his role at left back. He gets skinned, and then you know the defense is just all out of shape. There, I, I wouldn't on this one put it on Mings's uh, mantle piece this no, mistake it's, because it's a team goal that one. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, he's coming across because targets not in his position, and then. Uh, Nobody's really covering Mings coming out to the left, so
3: uh, that is a whole. That's a whole defensive line that's fucked up. That I dare say, yeah, dare say, if Mings hadn't been already on a yellow card, Aspilicueta wouldn't have got round him as much. So he he definitely just went out to him there. But I think you know, going at that pace out them, if Mings hadn't been on a yellow, I think Aspilicueta ball and all would have ended up maybe in in the stands. Yeah. Yeah. But
0: I mean, you know, again Chelsea they get into a you know for all Villa huffing and puffing in the first half, chances squirt, uh, squandered of which there were point 3 or 4. You put yeah. the ball in front of goal for Lukaku and he's clinical. And that's sort of the the ending message really from Smith is that the difference was Chelsea had chances and took them, Villa had chances and didn't and that's the difference between a mid-table Villa side and a team that's just won the Champions League is that you give them the openings, and they'll be and they'll punish you. You know they've beaten Villa three 0 and not really had to play particularly well.
2: Interestingly, uh, Watkins six shots, two on target. Now Ings, did he even play that game?
0: <sighs> he didn't get a didn't get a sniff, did he?
2: Didn't get a sniff. Fourteen touches in the whole game, one shot. I mean, the amazing thing is the amount of ball we had, and a lot of you know the possession we had actually in their in their half, and you know talking the final third here, and Ings was hardly ever pivotal in that, and there was hardly any link up between him and Watkins. There was a little at the end of that Brentford game, and you thought, oh, yeah, it looks promising, but nothing really here. And, uh, you know, you're talking about clinicalness and that being the difference. You know, I think if Ings had had six shots, two on target, I think I'd be putting money on at least a goal there. I think the one when he's, he's certainly when he's put
0: through, there was one where uh, there was a ball for Watkins, wasn't there? And they kind of, they they fluffed that one. It was just, they're just, it's that little, it's all these little margins, which they will come and I'm I'm confident they will. That I think we've seen enough for the best part of fifty minutes, I think this side can be a good side, but it's, it's yeah. these fine margins. And they've, I think Smith will have a, you know, a good week on the training ground with them now um, to really, you know, fine tune it. And I don't think we'll see three at the back against Everton. I think they'll revert back to what they were a bit. I think it will be a very positive lineup, actually, because I think they might try and bring Bailey in in that game.
2: Yeah, I think that formation is one for the big boys. Uh, yeah, it's really. good to know
0: we can do that if we need to stifle teams, though.
2: Yeah, Uh, you know, you say weak. uh, I think it's going to take a few games to really get up and running here because Bailey doesn't really know, uh, you know, what his role is because he's come on as a sub Mm -hmm. and the formation was, uh, you know, Three at the back, it was a completely different uh, setup to how he would ideally play mm-hmm. in terms of uh, out wide. So, uh, I mean, he did his best work in the right back spot, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's got some bloody pace on him, though, hasn't he? he saw little glimpses. We've seen it in the, the appearances he's had. He's got, he has got a burst of pace. Like, you, think, you expect him to have like straight line speed over a long period, but he's quick over short distances as well.
2: Yeah. I, was, I think I said on Match Club, it's as if he's playing at uh, times 1.5
3: the speed mm-hmm. of uh, everybody else. I Will say though, whenever um, Ings went off, uh, you didn't really see Watkins again. So, did the Chelsea defence know as well that if, if Ings gets one of these chances, it's in. If Watkins gets one, maybe you know you've a bit more time to get across to him. It's just one of one of those things.
2: Yeah, I think at the time, it's it's probably easier to easier to nullify Ings uh, than it is Watkins because Watkins Watkins, just gives Watkins, you work, Watkins right? Yeah, and Watkins uh, gives the the. I mean, it doesn't matter who he, who's who you're playing, he gives any team problems, I think, just because of his movement and his work rate.
0: Yeah, and I think he because he pulls you all over the place, he can bring other people. And I think Danning's is very much the fox-in-the-box player and that's what we've bought him for. But um, it'll be interesting to see against Everton if, he's, if he wants to play um, Watkins and Ings, if he goes to a front three and then maybe incorporates either El Ghazi on the left with Watkins on the right or if he goes with Bailey or Traore, it will be... I think we said it in something for the weekend that the Everton game will be the first real barometer of where we're at with this team in terms of personnel and playing style and system, because we don't quite know what we're going to get yet from that front combination from the midfield and the front three.
2: But I think after a few games, once Ings starts to kind of learn uh, Watkins' in-game movement, then uh, I think that will improve us uh, greatly if there is more of an understanding there, and Ings knows you know where to be when Watkins uh, makes his moves. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll see him uh, in the in the right place more than he was against Chelsea when when he was a little bit yeah. AWOL at times. Yeah.
0: I think with the upcoming run of fixtures we've got, of which there's some there's some difficult games coming up, I think we're just gonna have to kinda of hold our nerve a little bit here and, and know that it's it's probably gonna be a challenging period, but you know, you're just gonna have to buy into potential that we're actually gonna be better in the second half of the season.
2: You know, at the same time, uh, we can actually go inter games reasonably gun ho that we're at a certain level that why we're not fine tuned we're still uh, we're not a team that's easy to play against and uh, other teams will have to do well I mean Chelsea's case it was more like holding their nerve and finishing well taking
3: their chances you know we didn't allow them to play us off the park put it that way no you know. Tuchel was very complimentary in his after match comments about Villa said yeah. it was a very strong team and I
0: think with us at the moment both. From our side and the opposition, I don't think teams quite know what to expect now. Whereas last season, you know, we we all accused Villa of being quite predictable, especially when we built the attack around Grealish. Now it's sort of, you don't quite know where, where the focal point is yet.
2: We, we don't know
0: as no. supporters.
2: We we really haven't got a clue. And as you said, Everton's a good first clue because that's yep. when we've got pretty much most of our personnel ready and fit for a change. Yeah, I've just remember we lost this game. We, we, you know, we lots of positives here, and uh, I'm I'm happy with that. You know, you get beat away against Chelsea, and you haven't got your your strongest team. I don't, you know, I'm not that fussed about that. What I saw with my own eyes in terms of uh, the long term, I I was I was pretty happy. But still, you're gonna have to line those eleven players up and uh, choose one of them to. uh, I think. To carry on, if anybody listened to a Villa Minute uh, in something for the weekend, uh, line up those 11 players and choose one of them to do 10 days quarantine in a dark, damp hotel in Stoke. Which player player are you
3: going for? (laughs) It it has to be Mengs, doesn't it? It has to be. Yeah, it's the the individual error. Yeah, he's, he's even he's booked himself into that hotel with his, uh, he has his to be tweet fair. after the match. Yeah,
0: it's kind of an easy one, this, isn't it? It's, he's already he's already there.
2: I apologise to my teammates and the fans for a crap pass. I actually think we played very well yesterday too, which makes it even more painful.
0: He's owned it. I need mean, to be fair.
2: Yeah, and and I like the fact that they they're pissed off about it. It's yeah. like. And it's against Chelsea, and they're still pissed off. That's that's a good attitude to uh, to have. I, I it mean, shows there's a-
0: some expectation for like you know standards yeah. and stuff, and that's what you need. Yeah, you, you, know, you won't progress if there aren't standards and a bit of accountability.
2: Yeah, and uh, let's
3: finish on the the stats of the game. If you've a duck that a scoring duck that needs broken, you just call on Villa, don't you? Because uh, Lukaku had never scored at Stamford Bridge in 15 appearances and 22 shots for you know Everton. Chelsea, first time round, United, they'd, they'd never scored at Stamford Bridge until we rock up. And that is the stat
2: that uh, we were going to mention on something for the weekend. And then we just, we, we pulled out and we said, if we say it, it's going to happen. But it, it seems that if we think it, it still happens. So uh, <laughs> can't really uh, win on that one when it comes to Villa. But there was a, an air of inevitability about that for sure. Right. I uh, just want to say uh, a big thank you, as always, to the My oh Man Said patrons for uh, supporting the show and uh, everybody who's signed up in the last uh, month or so. The uh, extra My oh Man Said podcast channel has uh, kicked off uh, for the season with My oh manso This is Said, and that is Saw. So, uh, which is a departure, in the spirit of the international break, it was a departure from uh, Villa, and, and uh, my, oh, my, my Old Man Soar is one of the extra podcasts on the channel which uh, discusses uh, screen culture and other things. Uh, the Mad Few will be out uh, next week. And also, uh, my solo uh, ditty Off the record, uh will uh, be rolling out next week as well. But also, when you sign up as a patron, as well as getting access to the extra podcast channel, you also get access to The Mothership, which is uh, Match Club, many cavernous uh, alcoves in Match Club from Screen Club, which uh, is connected to Myo Mansoor, to Investo Club as well, where uh, everybody gets rich. Isn't that what happens there, Phil? That's the plan. (laughs) (laughs) That's the end game. Yeah. We have just started, but uh, it's a good hive mind that's building up, and we will uh, start to uh, enrich that uh, setup there as well as there's uh, plans afoot. But uh, please do go to uh, My Old Man Said. If you're a fan of the show, go to com and click on the Patreon link and join us for uh, we are going on to the next level of... uh, match club and the patron setup right uh please do follow us on twitter at my Man said and uh, subscribe on all whatever good podcast app that you choose to listen to the show on thanks as always uh, for listening as well any final words from you chaps
0: not from me i'm quite looking forward to everton though it should be a good atmosphere as well you know being a, being a 5 30 kickoff you'd imagine that'll be a bit of a lively one
2: Few drinks. Oh yes, Likewise. yeah. No, I, I think uh, it, it has a feeling that it's like the start of the season. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah, we've been going into games with one arm tied behind a back, which uh, lowers expectations. But now, uh, I mean, and by the way, good opposition in Everton. Uh, yeah, yeah. They've <clears throat> they've had a decent start, and Rafa always makes them hard to beat. Yeah, right. Until we beat them, though, <laughs> it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from
3: them. Goodbye, goodbye.